Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. In the book of Habakkuk, it says, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even, even if you were told. A couple of years ago, when we were moving in this journey together, and we started just to pray and ask God for, hey, just push us, Lord. Just allow us to see what you're trying to accomplish. Allow us to be a part of, of your journey. We had no idea what was about to unfold. Even if, even if we were told, we probably wouldn't believe it. Even if we were, you know, completely given a map, we'd be like, ah, this is a good, good idea, but like, is it, is it even possible? And so we, we decided back in, in 2012 when we, we decided to push this idea of moving forward together as a group of people, um, what, was, what was amazing was Jesus is already using individuals, individuals to launch a movement to, of disciple makers, not to build a physical location, but to, to, to locations are just opportunities to build on, if you want to know, know the truth. But movements are, are what changes the world. And he was creating a movement in people's hearts and they were aligning together and we had no idea what was in store for us. And we knew we had to use our vision of centering on Jesus and pointing to Jesus and living for Jesus, what you see around this room. And you hear it in our, in our language as, as a catalyst for change. And, 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 and if we did, it wouldn't fail. And so when we started, it seriously started, honestly, if you want to know the truth, for some of you know, it started in a hammock in my backyard one night, and, and, and as God was just working on me and my family and my wife and, and challenging us to go deeper in a relationship with him, the next thing you know, it, 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 to hear God's voice, you know, Psalms 46.10, be still and know that I am God. And so as that moment became clarity for me, it, out of that, it just was literally an overflow to another next person from a fire to a fire pit in our backyards with some friends. And as we gathered and we, we ate food, honestly, we were eating Chinese food, of all things. We were, we were partaking in Chinese food. And the next thing you know, it was, it was, it was on a tailgate. And I don't know why we were always around food, but maybe food's good. But we were roasting hot dogs, and it was good. And then we moved from a tailgate to literally to some houses. And that went to another house and from that to another house. And, and then we were just, we started organizing some things and we were blessed to, to be able to use a gym right down the street called Tolliver, or excuse me, Jenna Rogers Gym. And then, and then we moved to a local park right down the road. And then we, we were launching in multiple parks. And then the next thing you know, we, we met across the street in an old rundown church for a day. We didn't know what, What's going to happen? And then all of a sudden, God revealed this location, the loft. And it was a beautiful location. If you were up here the first day, it was about two inches of dust on the, on the floor. There's a dead bird sitting about right there. The windows looked like no one had touched it in 40 years. And literally, you could draw your smiley face, write your name. And it smelled. There was, a, there was that, you know, that odor. You know what I'm talking about. It was, it was, it was not pleasant. But we called it the loft. And we just sort of fit. It fit who we were, a bunch of misfits, some with gauges, some with tattoos, some with skinheads, not me. You know, in those moments of clarity. And all of us together, we just started worshiping over here in this corner. And we said, this feels like home. And since then, we have constantly, constantly, constantly seen people come to know Christ for the very first time. People changing what they care about and becoming fully devoted and changing lives that change lives. 
And over the past several years, even last week, like Jeff mentioned earlier, during Easter weekend, we witnessed people stand up and see their lives change forever. And truly, who would ever imagine? Who would ever imagine that, that this place on the corner of 3rd and Main would have been able to experience this type of movement that has created a ripple effect in history for the gospel of Jesus Christ? Who would have thought that? Especially in the hometown, right? Where you're born and raised. Who would have thought that? You don't plant churches in your hometown is what I was told. You don't do this. You do this in Africa. You do this in other countries. You do this in South America. You don't do this in your hometown. But I know what God birthed in my heart. I know what was going on in my wife's heart. And I know what was going on in the hearts of of those that were surrounding us in those early years. And we just wanted to get more closer together through relationships, binding them and hinging them on Jesus. And I still remember that first time we were able to do the first live service here together, right here, in this spot right here. Mostly we're from that pole to that corner to that pole to that corner exit sign. And people were just gathered around with, honestly, if you want to know the truth, lawn chairs. We told everybody, bring your own chair. And people brought lawn chairs. And we had chairs scattered everywhere. We had, we had a, a screen made out of a sheet stuck behind me. And we swept everything up and cleaned everything up the best we could. And we had some speakers We probably didn't need them. 25, 30 people gathered tops, and we just started singing this song. And as soon as we started singing, it started to rain. And it started to pour down rain. It started leaking right about there, and the water was coming through that window profusely. But the streets were flooded. And for those who remember the story, it never did rain on us while we were sort of bewildered and lost there for that season because we didn't know what was next. And it never did rain on Sundays. It might have missed it a time or two, let's just be honest, but it never rained. Nothing like it rained that day, and it poured. And God just allowed us to see where he ordained something, he sustains it. And he wanted us to feel the presence of his power as we sang those songs and hear his his music on the rooftops. And man, we were shouting and singing. Maybe somebody even danced a time or two. It was one of those moments, hey, we were in lawn chairs. We could do what we wanted to at that moment. But it was good. It was good. And then since then, look what he's done. I mean, that orange room was completely dark at one time. Now look at it. It's completely lit up. When someone becomes alive in Christ, they get to go out there and, and screw in a light bulb that represents Matthew 5, 16, to let your light, what, shine. And we have done so with a full strand of light bulbs, and we have seen life change to the fullest. And that's exciting. You see, we gathered here to declare to the world that Jesus is alive and well. We wanted to just to come and worship him and make this story, this story that's been going on for 2,000 some odd years, this story famous for our city and the world. Because it's not just something, a story to be told on Easter like last week or Christmas time. It's one that is told over and over through our hearts and the way we live and the way we work and the way we play and how we trust and how we love. And show grace each step of the way. If we open our eyes to what's next and we decided to follow him and to be fully devoted, anything is possible is what the Bible says. You see, if you're here today as a guest and you're listening in online, we're glad you're here and we're excited for our future. And if you came because of a friend invited you and this is an unusual experience for you and you rarely step into environments of faith or go to church, I just want to let you know you are welcome here. 
And we are overwhelmed with your gratitude that you would choose to worship with us today here in the loft as we continue this idea called Love Built This. And where we just want to do life together in, in a way that can change everything through the life of Jesus. You see, back in 2012, we did not know what our next steps really looked like. We, we, we were very much green at this, and we, we launched, and we just we trusted God completely. We trusted him. And we just, we, we just allowed our yes to be thrown on the table, and, and it just multiplied. And he has provided every single step of the way, as, as he always does, if he just says, hey, follow me, right? And let him do the rest. And we just knew for us, it was going to be these four words put into motion, which is very dear and near to my heart. And Eugene Peterson wrote them into effect a long time ago when he wrote off and set off an emotion to write the Bible called The Message. But these words now scratched into my life is basically long obedience in the same direction. And I've scratched them down to four words, which is long obedience, same direction. And I know it's going to take a long obedience to Jesus Christ, moving in the same directions with other Christ followers that's going to have the greatest impact in our community. And these words moved us to an idea. If we wanted to do ministry like Jesus did, we had to keep it simple. We could no longer be about us and coming and sitting in a row or coming and just worshiping and and just wanting, oh, they didn't sing my song today. It could no longer be about that. It had to be about serving on a sidewalk in a chicken suit. It had to be about learning how to just go and swing a hammer or go to a blitz and play kickball or maybe even do something more radical, like go and change a dirty diaper in Kidsville. You never know what God's going to call you to do, but he just asks you to be faithful with what he's given you. But we knew how to keep it simple. You see, what God launched through love, through Jesus, was designed to go through us and not to us. And that's what we've learned along the way. It has to go through us, not to us. Because if, if we're, at, we're the ending point, if we're the ending point, there will be no more life change around us. And I think Jesus came and paid a price that was much greater than that. He came for us to share, to grow in, and trust completely with our lives to, to show and demonstrate his love for everybody. And everything that Jesus taught was designed to be reproduced and, and, and it was wrapped around in this simple, reproducible language of his new kingdom. And what we knew was Jesus intended for his followers and is immediately reproduced in the culture of love and that would always change the world. And when the gospel goes through us, it's always a beginning point for something or something new. It always is. And we learn to, to teach others by sharing what, what the, the book of Acts 2 is definitely all about. It's about sharing what you're learning and, and giving it away. You see, when you do that, it actually starts to create tension to learn by getting our attention. Because sometimes we sit and we get really comfortable. Come on, don't we? We, we just say, we'll let someone else, what? Do it. And, and what happens is, is God's creating tension. And when he does that, it's getting our attention. And I pray he's doing that right now. Because when the gospel, the gospel's destination ends with us, then this approach sees Jesus as a personal genie in a bottle and not the gospel unleashed. You see, we have learned in our culture, if we're just completely honest, versus what we see around the world in China and other locations, we, we've learned that the magic chant, right, 
this prayer chant or, or this. We, we rub the little bottle. We, we come to church and we rub ourselves and say, well, we, we did this. And we think like it always has to be, well, God's punishing me because. Because the, it, that ends with me. Or it's only for my benefit. And we don't want to avoid the tension that he's creating or the pain that never ripples out or multiplies because that's our story. We hide our story. You see, then it, all of a sudden it becomes very legalistic and it's designed, it's designed for me. I go to church because of me. And when we do that, it's not reproducible and it bears no fruit. And God wanted so much more for his church, his bride. So why was Jesus about his church multiplying through people? Because it's the single, single greatest way to change the world. Think about it. How did the first century church do it? Did they, they go out and get the new, newest study from Lifeway, which is closing down, by the way. You better go get them all. Did they go get all the Bibles, you know, social media? How'd they do it? Nope. They told their story through Jesus. Their love for Jesus, the author and perfecter of their faith, you see, the three things that the Acts Church was they had each other. They had each other. They had each other's back. They loved each other unconditionally. And they had their stories of how they met, how they grew, and how Jesus was moving them from here to there. And the last piece they had was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that changed, changed everything for them. And it did. It grew rapidly. The church exploded on the scene, and the next thing you know, the, the culture was radically different, and it was birthed through the love for Jesus. And see, that's, that's why a movement like, like-minded people launched a church culture that wanted to be focused on nothing but Jesus, for Jesus, and in Jesus. You see, center point was, was a church made simple as we wrapped around these three words, centering, pointing, and living in Jesus, and that's the vision. We want to keep it as simple as possible, laser-focused on him, because with him, nothing else matters. And see, when we put these words into action, into our lives, we become more devoted, which is the mission of what we want from every person who connects here. And so the two of the hardest words that you will ever, ever find in the Bible, especially in my opinion, is two simple words. And those words are, follow me. Not me, Jesus, but follow me, which are literally some challenging words. And we can find those in Matthew 4, where it says, come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to what? Fish for people. And at once they left their nets and they followed him. And these are, these are people that the only thing they've ever done their entire life was fish. And he said, simply said, come, come follow me. And we're going to do something that no one else is doing. We're going to fish for people. We're going to see how we can do that. We're going to see how we can do it differently. We're going to try things differently. We're going to keep it simple. And they did it. And they did it well. And over the years, we have been able to fish for people just like Jesus did. And, and to, the, to the point, it's overwhelming it sometimes. It's, it's kind of mind-blowing. Even last Sunday, mind-blowing, where you saw services packed and you saw people just come and, and just stand up for Jesus. Even from our Love Loud Now events where we go out and serve people and just literally love on people in ways that they're not getting loved that week. From our blitzes, our summer blitzes where we time and time again are going to locations and just sharing God through love, not an agenda, 
because we're not the Holy Spirit. We're just, we're just asked to go. Even from planting churches, which we do often through our giving back, partnering with other like-minded organizations and seeing the need to, to launch vibrant student discipleship cultures that create movement for the gospel called Living Room, we, we've done it. Creating an environment for Kidsville or kids where they, where they want to come back because they feel loved and they, they get to hear the gospel in a way that's relevant for them. And as we look back, it changes their lives. And it's because of his amazing love. It's multiplied and it's done something. Even if we were told, we probably wouldn't believed it. But we're going to be utterly amazed. You see, his love is amazing and it has multiplied. And it's love, his love, that's building and it continues to build. And we don't know exactly what the next steps look like. We just know and trust in his love because it never, never, what, fails. But we have to do something. And that's what today's about. We have to do something that literally is an all-in motion for us as a family, as a group of people, as an identity. And it's three words. No matter what happens next, we have to remain in him. Remain in me. We have to, at all costs, remain in Jesus. See, currently, we're in a season of cleaning out. This is me personally. In our house, we, we literally, in the past couple of weeks, we have taken out so many bags of trash and stuff. I don't even know where it's coming from. Um, I'm blaming it all on my kids. I've got four of them, so I, I can do that. But our house has been purged in so many ways from objects. We don't even know literally where they have come from. Um, to, to, to clothes, you know, I, some of these, I'm just like, wow, I don't, I don't ever remember buying that. Uh, to things we never use, to things we never use anymore in our house. Uh, we just sort of you know, purged and got rid of it. And we've cleaned them out. I, I think we've even found a new room in our house. I didn't even know that existed over in the corner. I, I really didn't. But it's amazing what happens when, when you do this. But we just, as we focus on the inside and we're also now looking at the outside of some of our trees and our landscape. And, and we noticed over the past month, we, we needed to cut some things back because some of them just look kind of weird and look off-centered. And so we've started to cut back, especially some of those little saplings around the base. Y'all know what I'm talking about? That just sort of grow out like spider bars and it's just, you have to cut them back, right? And we're even cleaning up around the flower beds and pulling out some weeds that doesn't need to be there. And I trimmed some branches back simply because I know that it, eventually some of these fruit trees are going to produce a lot of fruit. And if I don't trim them back, they're going to bend over way too much in the middle of summer. Too much fruit breaks the tree down and it will actually break it in half and produce no more fruit. And so I, in our backyard literally is a pile of trees that literally we're going to have an amazing bonfire one of these days if it stops raining. But it's, it's fun to go through our, our house and our outside and, and clean things up and, because you start to see and realize what God's done in your culture. And I think that's important for us today, even in your life, because I guarantee you're, you're in that motion of spring cleaning and, you, and, and we're all in it together and we've probably all done this. But what does it remain in me? What does, it, what does it mean? So Jesus talks about this in a way that I believe for us today, it provides life of where we are today and where we're going. And he simply says this in John chapter 15, verses one through four. If you got your Bible, go ahead and, and pull that out. I told you last week, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about this, these I am statements. And, and, and last week we talked about, I am the resurrection. I am the life. But today, we're, we're going to hit on this idea of, I am the vine, the true vine. 
And he says this in John 15, verses one through four. He says, I am the true vine and my father, I love it, my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. That bears no fruit, he's just gonna cut it off. It's kind of painful sometimes. But if you know it's not bearing your fruit, you're gonna cut it off too as a gardener, right? Even if it's that, that old piece of furniture that you know that even though it's been passed on so many years, and it does not do anything, it probably needs to go out in order to create space for what's next. And while every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. I love that phrase. There's a reason why he does these things. We sometimes, you ever have a little kid or you grow up in that thing? What's the one common question that every kid asks, right? What is it for parents? Come on, why, right? Why, 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 why do I have to do this? Why do I have to do that? Why? You know, here's the answer. Because we, he wants it to be what? More fruitful. There's sometimes going to be things that are more painful, but it, in the pain, he's wanting us to be more what? Fruitful. You already are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. He's speaking life over us. So he says it again, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in me, the vine, Jesus. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. You see, if we're going to see what God is trying to do with our lives, with our church, with everything that is around us, we must remain in him so we can bear even more fruit. And so the question is, how do we do that? How do we do that? How do we remain in him and and see even more fruit? You see, we want to create more time to focus on what's important. What's important is, is building relationships to cut away some of the, the distractions, to focus in on, on how we, we build around love. And what we plan on doing is this, is to give that opportunity a chance to grow, is to cut away some things that maybe could distract us for a season. And so beginning in June, beginning in June, we will no longer be meeting here in the loft. We'll no longer meet here in the loft. Beginning a summer, a summer meeting at the warehouse where we will learn how to build with love, where we'll learn how to worship with with what we have, where we will break bread together on Sundays and where we'll pray together and just camp out on it. And I pray we will be fruitful together as we remain in him. And I believe this summer has the potential to change lives completely. It has the potential to change our culture if we simply follow him and trust in what God is trying to do. Jesus continues this sentence in this moment that he's he's revealing in John, John's gospel by saying this in verse seven. It says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask, ask whatever, whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciple. You see, if we remain in him, it simply says ask. And we are asking the Father to reveal to us what utterly amazing could look like. When when we serve together, 
when we do life together, when we, we roll up and bring our construction hats and, and this is the act of worship for a Sunday to give us time to be able to, to really camp out on what is God trying to cut back and cut out because we might have got distracted. It's not about any other church. It's about us growing more closer to him. And so today we're simply asking the Father for a summer filled with remaining in him to get us ready for more fruit, for an abundance of fruit to have the opportunity to grow, to multiply, and so we can taste and see that it is good. So now what? There's always a what, right? We have asked this question so many times over the years here in the loft, but here's the question for us today to ask one more time. We know that if love's gonna build something, you build what you love. It, it just is that simple. So the question is, is what does love require of me? What does it require of me? You see, love requires of us to love God and to love others. That's what scriptures say. And as we go, we, we build on this and we lay this as the foundational piece as the cornerstone of what's to happen at our new location. In Matthew 22, you know, 26 through 38, clearly states this for us. Jesus says, hey, love God and then go love others. Even in the mess, in the brokenness, in the emptiness, in the darkness of of all those who are looking for for that one thing that that builds on him, my question for us today is is how, how do we do that? How do we love God and love others in this journey together. You see, if you claim to follow God and and if you can't love people, how can you follow God? How do we desire to see fruit if we can't love? It's physically impossible. And so here's my thing. I've been praying over to say this right and say it very clearly. But if you can't do this, just like the cut of the gardener, then this is your opportunity to be cut out. You got to go. You've got to love God and to love others in a way that literally changed lives that changed lives. And it might be a bold statement, but it's right there in the Bible. It's not useful. And he cuts them out. And that's why we're, we're not saying we're going to stop doing worship and like this. We're just going to do it in another way. Because if we get in the habit of saying this is what worship looks like, then this is not right. And I think it breaks the heart of God. There's no greater worship when we can just sit around and pray together. Even this morning, I saw some friends grab a person and pull them to the side, and they were just sitting and praying with them. To me, that's worship. That's obedience. It's seeing hurt and care, compassion and love. And it's going to build something. You see, Jesus was always allowed the Father's love to flow through him for others, for you and for me. And today, what is love requiring us to engage? Who is it? Who's that person? Is it you? Is it your neighbor? Is it your child? Maybe it's a relationship that's broken. Man, over the past six months, I've seen so many relationships restored up here, and I'm more excited about what I see, and I can't wait to see how God multiplies it, simply because for the last four years, tension was in here. But they said, enough's enough, and they walked across the room, and it just was nothing but love. 
And that excites me because it's giving love a chance to do something immeasurably more. And see, that's what I want for all of us, immeasurably more, because our next step as a church are to continue to do the things that multiply with love at the center. And we begin to look at at how we can become more intentional with our time, with our resources, as his love goes through us. You see, it's our vision that we continue to build on this idea of love built this. That we develop things that literally no one else is doing. We cultivate, we cultivate, we harvest what God's trying to do through us and possibly launch an idea like we've talked about many times before, an after-school safe haven for kids. Right now, there's no more YMCA, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, or not Boy Scouts, but Boys Clubs and, and Girls Clubs and, and, and teen centers. There's, there's nothing around here for, for that environment, and we want to be able to create that in that location in the front after school to give them a place to, to come, feel loved, and grow and mature possibly a, a better place for Kidsville to happen on Sundays and, and, and to create environments for even special needs kids, counseling centers on second floors and, and opportunities to see multiple things happen through these centers and in ministry partnerships that, that where life happens and it multiplies through even a cupcake shop that's going to be moving in. I don't even know what it looks like, but I trust him. And last, a warehouse in the back where life happens. It doesn't just happen on Sundays, but it happens every single day of the week. We just don't want an empty location. We want love to be breathing and active. We just don't want another location. We desire to see you invest into to love in a way that changes lives, that, that a space can be designed to change a community, and it ripples outward to the next location, the next movement of hearts changing for him. You see, the only way... We know how to do this is to ask, just like the scripture said to do in John, is to ask. It says simply to ask and it will be what? Done for you. And so we've been praying over this. Even Friday we met as a a group of leaders and we've prayed and we've asked. We spent time together and just prayed. I don't know there's people even that wasn't there that were praying and and asking. And so this summer we're, we're asking this is will you devote time to help build? Will you give your talents away by working alongside one another? And will you give your tithe so we can see what happens in a fruitful way that changes lives? You see, we can't make this happen without your faithfulness, your devotedness, and more important, your love for God that is birthed in you. It can't be done without it. And so today, would you consider doing something as we sort of shut this moment down. We're just going to start to pray. We're just going to start to pray and ask God to move. I knew this this season was coming. I just didn't know when. And I knew there's a map coming that's going to change the lives of people's lives forever. It could change the trajectory of where we're going. And so what I want to do today is, is this simply. It's just create a moment, create some tension to pray. They're going to sing some songs, and, and we're just going to be praying over this altar, and, and I challenge you to pray with me. The second thing I'm going to ask you to do is, what does it mean for you to give? Next week, we're going to have a give back moment that's called Love Built This. And I want you to pray about this. I just don't want you to come up here not prepared to give and not prepared to, to do anything. And so there's some envelopes here. 
that you can come and you can grab and grab a couple. I don't know, grab one, grab all of them, I don't care. But in the process of grabbing one, I hope you just start to pray over it. I hope you write scriptures on it. I hope you write what God's telling you on it. And then next week you come ready to give. And, and your gift might be five bucks. It might be 50 bucks. It could be $500. It could be $500,000. Hallelujah. Let me let you know. You know, love to see that one happen. Because I can tell you what the numbers are over there. But I don't think numbers matter. I think God matters. And when we get together, it matters. And it matters to him. So I'm just excited to do this next step because honestly, I don't know what it's going to look like. And those are some of the greatest moments when you physically cannot see that step and you take that step and you step out and the next thing you know, you're walking on water. So today, we're going to pray. We're going to ask God to do something to reveal what utterly amazing looks like as we start to build on love, built this. And if you're new with us today, man, just pray alongside us. Pray alongside us. And if you're curious about who even Jesus is, because this is making no sense to you, then I'd love to have a small conversation and just to reveal who Jesus is to me. Because he's changed my life. I never would have imagined... God could use a little old me. That he would allow me to marry a beautiful woman and we would get the chance to raise four amazing children and to do one thing, to have the responsibility to teach them about the Father's love. And now I get to do it with family and friends around a messy table that there's more junk at that table than I can ever admit to you because I can't tell you what we talk about. That's why it's called the messy table. What happens at the table stays at the table is what we said. But we get to do life in a way that's changed my life even more. And now I get to come on Sunday mornings and at least share what's on my heart week after week. And, and, and just four years ago, four and a half years ago, I've seen over 125 light bulbs light up. I've seen us develop a church. I've seen us raise money for churches around the world and plant churches literally overseas and abroad here in Tennessee. I've seen us together roll up our sleeves and feed over 4,000 people in our community, come alongside and partner with people in times of need, show compassion to the least of these, grow in ways that I've never dreamed possible simply because I was obedient sitting in a hammock one night and said, God, is that your voice? Is that you? Are you telling me to do this? And my first answer was no. I'm not going to lie. No way. How am I going to support my family? How am I going to do this? How am I going to How are we going to do That doesn't make any sense. And he simply said, do you trust me? And I said, yes. And he pointed me to the middle of the Bible in Psalms 118.8. And it says, it's better to trust in the Lord than to trust in man. And the day that I opened that scripture and I pointed that to my wife, we both wept in bed because we knew something big was about to happen. 
It was a leap of faith that we never did imagine. Because even if he told us, we wouldn't have believed him. Even if we leaned into it and he revealed a plan, a big, huge plan, we would have been like, oh, that's good. But that's the beauty of utterly amazing is when you lean into God for everything you have and he's trying to build something in you and your family and he's wanting you to go even further with him because it's not a place to sit with you. It's supposed to go through you to ripple out into eternity. And when we get this motion right, it can change not only our lives, it changes what? Others. That's why we say change lives, change lives because it's all about changing lives. That's what the gospel does. That's what it's been doing. And that's what it's going to do. And it starts with you. So today, I encourage you to join me in prayer. Begin fasting this week with me. Meet me at the altar of prayer every single day at noontime. Whenever you eat lunch, pray with me. Because I'm going to be praying for you. I'm going to be praying that God is the center of everything we do, that we remain in Him. And the things that's got to go gets cut away so He can bear more fruit. And in the journey, I'm not going to really hinge everything on the financial side of things. I'm just going to lean in and say, you know what? God did it. Because with Him, all things are possible. I believe it. The question is, is to you. Will you join our family in running a race that's marked out for you? Jesus, I love you and I thank you for this moment, this moment in history that we get to declare your faithfulness, your grace, your mercy, more importantly, your love that continues to change lives. Lord, I pray right now fervently that, that, that you continue to, to, to make me more vulnerable, to be more open, to lead well, and that our church is a bunch of devoted followers to Christ that literally are so laser focused on your love, your compassion, your mercy, your grace, your kindness, your gentleness that changes everything, our culture around us. And we do so through long obedience in the same direction. God, I don't know how we're gonna do it. I just simply know that you're gonna do it. We're gonna trust you in this journey. We're gonna remain in you. And in the end, going to be utterly amazed. Jesus, I thank you in your name. Amen.